Bienvenidos, creative beings, to a new episode of the Envy series, where our goal is to unveil the curtains of the fashion and entertainment businesses and give you guys an inside scoop of who's behind the hottest celebrities and creative projects today. Once again, guys, I'm Maria Von Sauten, or just MVS, and I'm your curator-in-chief. And I'm Amanda, your vibe manager at Envy series. As promised, guys, today we're starting this episode with an absolute bang. We're taking it back to where it all started for me, styling, covering my fellow stylists who are so important in shaping a celebrity's career. Through their image, they help their clients further connect to their public and grow their fan base. These artists are making frenzy, collaborating with our favorite A-list celebrities today. So we're going to be talking about a group of stylists curated by Maria. These stylists have been making headlines recently, providing jaw-dropping moments. And we're here to tell their stories so you can get to know them and their work a little bit better. They have incredible life journeys and trajectories we believe will be inspiring for you. To us, these are agents of change to watch. I am so, so proud to start this episode and to introduce to you guys my fellow Latin world stylist, Storm Pablo, who is so high up in my list, guys, for his contributions to our culture and generations to come, as well as for being a hustler and never being afraid to try anything. Let me step in and take our world by storm. Please share his headlines with us. Let's take it back to fashion's favorite night of the year, which was last year's Met Gala. Storm and Bad Bunny represented their image so well last year, guys, during that night. And what they've created for so many years, right? Uh, they truly broke boundaries for Latins, and they pushed expectations of masculinity very, very far. They are truly the poster boys of progress in fashion within the Latin industry, and I would dare to say globally as well in many, many ways ways, right? Uh, we obviously, guys, had seen global Latin superstars such as Maluma and J Balvin, right, walking the carpet of the very famous Mad Gala before him. But truly, Bad Bunny and Storm represented a Latino in a completely different light last year. And it truly stuck struck a different chord for me, right? Um, that is because they collaborated with Burberry and Ricardo Tisi, who was their creative designer at the time. And they did a beautiful trench coat, which was a dress trench coat, right? Which we, nobody could take their eyes uh, from him that night. He had a true mix of female and male references within his look. He had a female updo and gold jewelry all over his hair. It was, guys, simply iconic to watch. That hair gave me life. I think it gave all of us literal life, guys. And I can absolutely not leave out the world's absolute hottest tour. Ugh, amazing. Wasn't it? I know everybody, guys, was rushing and running to get their tickets. And I truly understand why. I mean, I got mine pretty expensive, but it was definitely worth it. It's always <laughs> worth it to watch BB, honey. Always. No <laughs> Anyways, creatives, I truly appreciated Storm's work in this world tour. Um... For me, he always seems to be paying it back somehow to the younger, newer generation or new creatives on the rise. Um, he got a chance back in the day, right, when Bad Bunny saw him, hired him, and put him on his team. And I truly feel like he's doing the same for young designers and the new generation today. That's why Truly Creatives, he is one of my agents of change. Um, and that's exactly uh, what he did in this world tour. He worked with up-and-coming designers. And even though the stages he was working in in this tour were larger than life, literally, guys, um, 
Bad Bunny tried, uh, I think originally everybody thought he was gonna perform in the you know once known American Airlines Arena here in Miami, but simply the place was too small for him. He literally couldn't even perform there. Uh, it was a tour that was solely based on stadiums, believe it or not. And Storm had truly his work cut out for him. I think any stylist in the situation would have had, but he still wasn't afraid to dare with young talent in the situation. And we cannot leave out the fire moment with Jenny from the block. The one that he used to have a little. Now she has a lot. Period. Absolutely not, Amanda. Let's obviously discuss Storm's amazing Super Bowl moment, guys. I read actually recently in one of his interviews that he was super apprehensive uh, when this opportunity came to him. I think, guys, Super Bowl is larger than life for any, even for the artists, you know, imagine for anybody else that like gets the chance to be there and be a part of that moment. And it must truly have been terrifying for Storm. Uh, but here we see creatives further proof of Storm's fearlessness, right? And once again, even on this bigger than life situation, he decided to collaborate with designers on the rise. This time, guys, he chose the brand Les Airs, which is originally from Berlin, and the outfit was an absolute hit, guys. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. It was this metallic outfit with crystals all over it. It was truly out of this world, and it was so truly unique, guys, that this outfit is the outfit that Bad Bunny's figure is wearing, uh, his wax figure is wearing in the Madame Trousseau Museum. I saw it, and it's truly one of a kind, and I can't imagine him in anything else. I think me neither. I think me neither. It was larger than life, and it was an outfit truly, you know, deserving of this moment. La Tormenta is making waves. I love to see how far he's gotten in his career. I do want to share a personal story with you guys uh, that happened between me and Storm. Basically, guys, you know, as I've mentioned in our intro episode, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, the way that behind the scenes of the in industry has been cultivated, its culture has really been always to be under wraps. Everybody has their secret sauce, and we don't really share this within each other usually, right? And I was extremely surprised when my I had to work with Storm the first time. Uh, obviously, my team and my clients shared uh, his number with me so we could coordinate to make sure that my artist and his artist would look, you know, great together in the video and that we were doing a work simultaneously, right? Usually, the most information you get from other stylists when you're collaborating in videos is like, oh, we're going to go full black, this is sort of the silhouette, this is sort of the look, and we leave it at that, right? And I was shocked when I received via message a whole folder by Storm with like 10, 15 looks. And I literally turned to the girls. I was like, he's kidding, right? Like, this is a joke. He's probably like playing tricks on me because it's truly, guys, not common to have someone so open to share what they're doing. And truly, I arrived to the video the, you know, a few days later. And surely enough, literally, guys, everything that he had sent me via message in that folder was in his rack. I was extremely surprised and my heart opened so much to him and I realized that truly maybe the industry is starting to shift and there's more and more creatives like Storm willing to really share their sauce and collaborate truly together to make the best project we could make, right? It was very, very impressive and refreshing to say the least. Indeed, it is really refreshing to see in this industry. But now, Let's get into where is he from and how did he make it? Storm was born in Guam and grew up across the U.S. His main inspos he has shared were 90s pop culture and MTV. MTV, baby, living that Y2K world. MTV was truly a pioneer. I think we all lived for that back then, right? Didn't we all? I think we did. <laughs> I think we did. 
So guys, he has also said that he always liked dressing himself as a kid. And he had mentioned in an interview, he believes that's how many of the stylists start. And I truly couldn't relate more to it. When I was a young kid, I was dressing myself and my whole entire family. And I think that's when I started realizing truly my passion for clothing and for fashion, right? Anyways, guys, he was always a real, real definition of a hustler. He was bartending, working at several restaurant gigs back home until he really finally realized he was meant for something bigger. He wanted to dive into different things, right? So he finally decided to move out to LA, guys, I think with no plan. And thankfully, he had a dear friend working as a manager of a fashion showroom in Los Angeles. And this friend was kind enough to provide him with an internship within the showroom. And he was booking stylist appointments at the time. Well, at least he started walking in the right direction and stood up for the challenge, even with small rewards. Exactly. Guys, I think his persistence was truly key here, right, for, for his growth. Even with a smaller job and, and, and starting with a smaller opportunity, he truly gave it all. So much so that he ended up being the manager of the showroom himself later on. And that truly gave him the chance to then develop relationships, real relationships with the stylists, and started asking them questions, right? And guys... Um, um, if I may here go uh, go out uh, and say this, I believe that's truly when he started understanding more of the styling world and, and, and the styling as a profession itself, right? Um, at the time, interesting enough, guys, he did not just have one job. He was also a sales associate at Bodega, believe it or not, and later he became their PR. A hustler. I was also in sales, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she was, guys. The story is true. I, I'm going to tell you here quickly. Uh, I worked with Amanda. I've been working with Amanda actually for several years before she was an official member of my team. She was a dear, dear helper at Saks and I obviously fell in love with her personality. It, it matched mine so well. It gave me the most positive energy. So after a while, I decided to poach her. Sorry, Saks. Sorry, we got to do what we got to do. Anyways, guys, hustle is what brought Storm here today. By making it uh, to the to being a publicist of Bodega, he actually started gifting artists clothes, which is very common in the industry, right? Uh, as stylists, we communicate a lot with the publicists, with the PRs for the brands to help establish a relationship with our uh, with our artists, right? And they will either loan or start gifting clothes to these artists. And obviously, one of the artists, guys, that he was gifting clothes to was to Bad Bunny himself, of course. And through this relationship of, of, of getting to know them and gifting clothes, he became pretty close with Bad Bunny's team. And they ended up inviting him uh, to be Bad Bunny's stylist. And his first job with Bad Bunny was actually in the 2019 VMAs, guys. And at the time, he truly went out on a whim when they called him because he had three jobs, but he took a leap of faith, even with a crazy schedule. Oh, wow. And this was recent. Indeed it was. Um, and even in the short amount of time, guys, it's important to say that they truly have pushed all the boundaries of fluidity together. They are pioneers by far of accessorizing and creating unisex styles. And once again, guys, they're giving space always, uh, Storm and Bad Bunny, of course, to younger creatives to sit at the same table as already established ones, which is absolutely phenomenal. Finally, guys, Storm is very big on investing in custom pieces, one-on-ones for Bad Bunny, ensuring every outfit his client has on is truly unique to them. I really want to see where he branches off to next. 
Well, I think he has that pretty much figured out, guys. Uh, quite a while ago, he already launched his amazing brand, CNTRA. Sorry if I'm not mentioning mentioning it correctly. Um, we really, really love his aesthetics. He has a lot of leather sets, but for jackets. And we've seen a lot of uh, celebrities actually already wearing his clothes, including Gunna, Tiny, Mia Khalifa, Jay Cortez, and of course, his boy, Bad Bunny. Ooh, love that name. And guys, if you're seeing this and have any samples you would like to lend me or gift me, I'm always happy to receive. Guys, I cannot take this woman absolutely anywhere, Amanda. Anyways, um, who knows? I'm sure they'll call you in the future, my love. I'm sure you got this. <laughs> so creatives, even with zero connections in the industry, he climbed the highest ladders in the game, guys, and made truly a big impact not only in fashion, but in our culture and generation today. Fighting battles truly one fit at a time and deconstructing ideas of masculinity in our world. I foresee a lot of more pushing boundary moments for this creative as he's not afraid to branch out and he has his bar set very, very high. Now, let's talk some early 30 baby that has definitely served more than 30 looks. He indeed has. Ellie is a favorite here at the MV series. So guys, our next agent of change is Ellie Caramo, who pushed boundaries of his famous work, transforming the legendary Steve Harvey into a style icon. And today, he's also the leading force behind Lori Harvey, Steve's daughter. So, MVS, talk about staples and most talked about moments. My headline favorites, <laughs> of course, Amanda. So guys, we cannot talk about Ellie without obviously mentioning uh, his amazing style evolution of Steve. He truly took a TV presenter to a fashion icon, truly. What he did was never seen before creatives. He took an American staple, famous for decades, and truly transformed him from a presenter to a fashion idol. I also would like to mention their amazing cover last year with Paper Magazine. Um, guys, I remember reading the story. It was so, so fun. Uh, Ellie was mentioning that when he was in Fashion Week, a lot of the brands already knew they had this cover confirmed, the paper cover confirmed with Steve. And so he had an appointment at the Balenciaga showroom. They were looking through amazing archive pieces until Ellie had set his sights on this beautiful red cape. And when he really grabbed it, him and the whole Balenciaga team were like, this is the cover. Like they truly knew it right there and then. And I, I know this feeling when you, you're sourcing pieces and you find the piece that you're like, this is it. Mm -hmm. I know that feeling and it's truly special and that's how that happened for him for that cover. And also it was so beautiful to see Steven Di Custom Dior also inside uh, that cover story, which was truly unseen and unforeseen for someone like Steve, right? And guys, we got a talk last year's Couture Week that they also came in so strong. They truly uh, went for monochromatic suits, statement coats from Bauman, Bottega Veneta, Tom Ford, and so many other iconic brands. He truly, guys, did the impossible here. He took a household name known for decades with a firm public and truly did a 180 in his image, right, without losing Steve's public. And it's a true proof for us that a style icon can be made at any age and at any point, right? And what's Ellie's story? I'm sure everyone is curious. I am sure, too. So, guys, Ellie grew up in Paris. And he moved to the United States in the eighth grade. He has mentioned he didn't speak much English. So it was a process for him to really adapt, I'm sure, right? Uh, he honestly started school feeling like a misfit. He came one day with some lime green pants. And everybody, he said, was like looking at him strangely. And truly, from misfit to king of fit, 
uh, that was his transition, you know, uh, from middle school to high school. When, you know, he became a little older, really his peers started seeing him as the cool fashion guy that set trends. And he actually started seeing an opportunity for him in fashion already in high school when his colleagues would leave their jeans in his locker and pay him 20 bucks for it to distress and bleach their jeans. How cool. And after that, uh, he also mentioned he had some girlfriends asking him to design their prom dresses. So he was already like kind of realizing that that was his path right there. And guys, when he left uh, high school, he started art, the Art Institute of Atlanta, which is uh, the college he chose, but decided to drop off later because he felt he was truly not experiencing. And guys, I truly can see myself in that situation as well. I went to college for marketing and PR. Uh, it was beautiful. I don't regret it. I think, you know, anybody that gets a chance to go to college should go. But I understand, you know, where he's coming from in terms of I definitely learned a lot more uh, to become a stylist and to be an amazing stylist through my experience and not through college, I must say, right, because I didn't even study that. Um, after he dropped out, he became a sales associate at Gregory's. He took a huge interest in menswear at the time because he said it was a bit you know, stale, people wouldn't really get so creative with it. So he, he liked the challenge of making it super amazing and kind of diving into that world to make it more spontaneous and more vivid. Uh, on his own time, guys, the way he used to study was he spent hours and hours on his computer watching not only the shows, but the stories of John Galliano, Dior, Marc Jacobs, and Louis Vuitton. And that's when truly, guys, he has mentioned he fell in love with this world and was mesmerized you know, but everything happening within it. And guys, knowledge is power, and he looked for this knowledge himself, even without going to school for it. After that, he was hired at a little menswear atelier where older men were really, really wanting his young aesthetic and vision to shine through and always ask for his opinions, right? And that's when I think he decided to give styling a go. He saw that his opinions were very valuable to people, especially those that had like an older age. And I think um, here's where we see why his work with Steve happened so magically and so well. Uh, he was already kind of used to working with people a little older than him and giving them opinions, right? And how did Steve come about? I understand that Lori was always in the picture, but he definitely gave Ellie a big chance here. He truly did. So guys, um, just to tell you a little background story, right, Amanda? Ellie was already best friends for a while with Lori and her brother, who was uh, Steve's other son. Uh, but at the time, I don't think Steve still saw him as a full-on stylist or, you know, even thought about bringing him to work. They really saw him probably as a kid and as Lori's friend, you know, best friend. Uh, it was only when Ellie started styling entertainers, sorry guys, and athletes such as Montana Ellis from the NBA and his wife was when I think Steve and Marjorie, Steve's wife, really started looking at Ellie in a different light. Uh, it was not only until 2019 when Steve bought the rights to Family Feud Africa that he got his first life-changing uh, call, I would say it. Uh, he mentioned in an interview that we read, guys, that Marjorie called him at the time and said, hi, baby, uh, what would you say if I offered you to style my husband? And right away, he was like, I would say absolutely yes. And she said, okay, great. Now, my next question is, can you fly to Africa tomorrow? And he obviously paralyzed because he had three other jobs at the time and he didn't know how to do it. And he was like, what should I do? I'm working in three other jobs. And she's like, honey, don't worry. Just answer my question. How beautiful is that? And truly, guys, he decided to go. He went for it as he should have. And he said it was probably the biggest assignment he ever had in his whole entire life. And I understand, right? 
He truly was able, guys, to recondition through his work with Steve people's mindsets of what style should be at a certain age. Obviously, Steve's fans and public had their own expectations, right, of how Steve looks or should look like. And he started, when he first met Steve, the first thing he wanted to do is take off actually his fashion staples at the time, which were his pocket square, his tie bars, and he started replacing it with more couture things. Today, he describes his and Steve's style as a mix of French elegance and pop culture. I mean, sometimes we're used to seeing something or someone portrayed in a different light. Yeah. So changing that is pretty difficult. That's why I admire so much Elliot. I fully agree. I, I truly, truly do agree with this, guys, because, you know, having styled myself for over a decade, it's truly difficult to, to start understanding your client. It probably takes a good few months for you to truly bond with the client, understand their taste, how they like to do things. It's already pretty tricky as it is. And I think Ali here saw an opportunity where most people wouldn't have had, and he killed it. I mean, he pushed the boundary and created his own, definitely. Yes, mama. Crafting this industry his own way for sure, creatives. Even in his latest VET interview that we read, he mentioned that fashion describes a time and style defines a person's attitude and personality. And Ali likes to use fashion as a tool and he applies his client's personal style to make the look their own. I think that's fabulous. He also has mentioned that his looks are full collaboration with Steve, which I love. Ellie puts the looks together and Steve adds a sprinkle of gangster. Ellie has mentioned recently that he finally feels he's making an impact in the industry and he's finally truly feeling seen, which is what we're here to do, right? And after years with Harvey, he finally started to feel more respected by the key players and brands within the industry. And this validation is truly important, you know? After so much hard work that's put in by these people, right? It only makes sense that they want people to know about their contributions, you know, and really feel inspired by the work they're doing behind the scenes. So where do you see Ellie's light shining next? Well, guys, as I mentioned previously, he's now styling Lori Harvey. He's the main man behind her. And obviously, I think she's the a girl right now, at least for us here. We truly, like watch her every move very closely um, and he truly started leaving his mark on her on last year's fashion week which occurred in September he truly started thinking outside of the box and portrayed her in a special light truly I think setting her apart from everybody else he used designers from all over the world which I was obsessed with uh, one of them was actually Nelly Kamras who's a Swedish designer who promotes faux fur and faux leather she uh, Lori had this beautiful set by her which was this uh, faux fur top and matching skirt was was truly so, so, so original and different, guys. Um, I think both Ellie and Lori together are creating the modern version of the It Girl today, truly for us at least. And we're so excited to keep seeing their evolution together. Um, he obviously utilizes fashion to increase um, the popularity and connection that not only Lori, but all his clients have with his with their fans, right? And I could truly, guys, see Ellie every day more in editorials because he has such a strong couture side, it's crazy. Simplicity is simply not in Ellie's vocabulary. He's here to leave his mark today. And he has mentioned something that I thought was so interesting. Um, he compares himself to artists that are not exactly um, in his um, field. 
So he, let's say, he wouldn't compare himself to another stylist, but it, when he's doing his work, he compares himself to people maybe like Jay-Z or Shakira. He says, if they only put out hits, I can only put out hit looks too. And he mentions that if he doesn't put himself in their shoes, he feels like he won't get to the level they're in today, right? And finally, guys, Ellie seems to agree with us here at the MV series. He tries to get as much advice as possible to young creatives, to the new generation, to new stylists, because he feels he never ever uh, got that from anybody. Uh, and this is truly why I put him on this list today. A king of the new generation. Now, are we ready to introduce this dynamic duo that is here to stay? They sure as hell are. You can certainly say that these two are currently making the entertainment industry go around. Guys, if there's a real definition of the influencer of your influencer, these girls are it. Alexandra and Mackenzie Granquist, currently the stylist for Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott, and they're responsible for creating the headlines everybody is buzzing about today. Here are some of our favorite projects that they have been a part of. I would like to start uh, with their boy Travis. The highest in the room video was absolutely fantastic. I also was obsessed with the hot video, also by Travis Scott. On the Loose by Travis Scott and Don Tolliver. I would also like to mention, guys, Kylie Jenner's looks during this year's Couture Week. She had the very famous Schiaparelli dress on. She looked absolutely dazzling in the Miso Majella show as well. They did an amazing job, guys, as always. Also, Kylie Jenner's look for last year's Mad Gala was amazing. They paid homage to this industry's true leader, the late Virgil Abloh, and they came out with a bang. It was so emotional, and it had such a purpose in that carpet. It was really, really beautiful to see. Um, I also would like to mention Kylie's iconic CR fashion book cover, where Alex and Mackenzie decided to create this beautiful top made out of Kylie lip, lip kits and lipsticks. It was incredible. And finally, guys, we have to mention Kylie's last year's Halloween look, guys. They were crazy, literally. We have a new queen of Halloween. Heidi, you got some heavy competition. You're Heidi, right. watch out, girl. You be careful. You be <laughs> careful out there. Also, guys, I would like to mention to you that Alex and Max work have also been seen in Vogue, Dazed, Complex, Glamour, and Elle, just to name a few. Wow, loving this power sister duo. It's the only stylist we know that work in family, honestly. Please tell us more about them. They really are. It's true. It's very right. uncommon uh, to see this in the industry, not saying probably there aren't more, but I think today they're the most famous ones, right? Sure. It's, it's very crazy. It's true what you're saying. And guys, it was funny also for us to, to realize that they both uh, went to Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in Los Angeles. Uh, they both studied there. But after college, they decided to take separate routes. Um, Alex was actually, she ended up going to School of Style after that. And then she became a design assistant and production coordinator at DSM, which is a web-based design and marketing company in Los Angeles. After that, she was a senior receptionist, assistant, social media editor at Estilo Salon, which is also based in LA. And finally, she officially started her styling venture in 2012. Now that we know Alex's story, I'm curious about Mackenzie. What's hers? Right, um, so Mackenzie actually took a different route. She was at Free People for a long time. She had several positions there. She started as their showroom intern first. Then she became their styling assistant intern in Los Angeles. Then the official styling assistant later. 
After that, she was an assistant catalog stylist, guys, which is different, believe it or not, then an associate stylist for them in Philly. And finally, in 2017, she started working full time as a freelance wardrobe stylist. I love a comeback story. These two split up just to realize that they're more brilliant working together. Literally, guys, the dynamic duo, baby, like Amanda said at the beginning of this episode. And besides their work experiences that I just shared that they had separately, they also interned for different celebrity stylists individually, um, which a lot of young stylists, it's important to mention, choose to do so they can gather more know-how within the industry, a little bit of mentorship before they feel secure enough uh, to have their own clientele and venture on their own. So Alex interned for Maeve Riley, um, who is very, very famous for building Hailey Bieber into the fashion icon that she is today. They spent several, several years together. And also the comeback, the fashion comeback of Megan Fox has definitely been credited to her. And Mackenzie, on the other hand, was working with Mr. Carlos Dosario and George Cortina, amongst other stylists at the time she helped and supported. These women certainly paid their dues. Yes. And paved their way one job at a time to success. They're living proof that you got to learn mm -hmm. it all before finding your own path. That's for sure. That is absolutely true, guys. And also, since they've been with Kylie, um, she has truly been on the fashion spotlight, I have mm -hmm. to say. Obviously, she was always an icon and an inspiration for all of us. Her own competition, like it's her and her family. By the way, guys, important, be your own competition. Most important thing in the world, be your own competition. Don't look to the side and follow your own path. Um, but now, guys, I think that for sure, with Alex and Mackenzie, uh, her looks are looking a bit more couture. Uh, she became a real fashion trendsetter, like version of Kylie. I certainly noticed the shift uh, when they started with her, I must say. They brought Kylie from It Girl, which she already killed it with her looks and did such an amazing job. I think to a true fashion icon today, right? Creating one-of-one -one pieces and sourcing the craziest couture moments for us. I'm so excited to see how they keep upgrading Kylie's fashion evolution and really her influence in this industry and our field today. And so is our next superstar. Take it away, Maria. We are about to take our horse, guys, to the Old Town Road and ride till we can no more. Naz's right-hand gal, Hodo Musa. I think a lot of you will relate to Hodo. She came from very far to make her own mark in the industry and be where she is today. She definitely did. And we're ready to share our favorite headlines. We certainly are, and I would absolutely love to start with the Long Live Montero tour. She did such an amazing job with that. Um, Hodo seems to always kind of push the designers she works with, even when they're from traditional brands, to kind of call her outside of the box. And she certainly did that with Coach on the tour. I think Coach is such a traditional American staple brand, and she truly like pushed them outside of their comfort zone, I would say. Their collaboration, firstly, was so unexpected, and they created together amazing futuristic looks. Some had armors on them. It was truly a spectacle for the eyes. And now talking about pushing designers outside of the box, she certainly did that um, with Lil Nas's look in last year's VMAs, guys. They collaborated with Harris Reed, who's Lena Rich's designer, and they did, they almost painted Nas as like 
uh, Virgin Mary, right? They did this amazing look with black feathers. He had a black, beautiful feather crown and matching pants. It was truly amazing and incredible moment for us. And finally, I would like to talk about my other favorite headline by Musa and uh, Lil Nas, which was their iconic pink Versace Grammy look back in 2020, guys. Firstly, I think back then it was so unlikely to see a rapper with that type of look. He was wearing pink. He his fit was pretty feminine and tight, and it was amazing. I, we love a man in pink here, and we want to see it more and more every day. And in their true Hodo and Nas style, they kept providing and keep providing us with never-seen-before moments, and that's what they did here in this Grammy in 2020, right? Uh, she's constantly kind of putting Nas in women-inspired look, guys. Uh, he truly stands out uh, thanks to their work together from any other artist in his genre still today. I mean, she integrates her culture through styling in such an artistic manner. Yes. I'm really curious to know where she made it and where she is today. So, guys, today she is based in Los Angeles, um, but she was born in Somalia. She was the oldest of seven siblings, actually. And they, her family and her had to flee her country to Sweden when the civil war started. Sweden, interesting. Yeah, uh, Malmo, actually, specifically. She says a lot of fellow uh, refugees from all around the world were actually based in Malmo at the time. And she really learned to coexist and love people from different views and backgrounds when she was growing up there. And when she was 18, guys, she moved to London to try modeling. But when she was kind of diving herself in that model world, she realized she was more in love with the clothes than with modeling. I think it happens a lot right, in this industry when this is the whole point here to try and show you guys kind of all the professions, right, leaving behind the scenes of, of fashion, entertainment, and celebrities today. And sometimes it happens that you start in a certain path and then in the midway you discover something else that you fall in love with and you redirect yourself to that new path that was actually probably meant for you, right? And um, after she found out that she was more into the clothing, uh, she was living, she moved to Norway later, and she started uh, really acting in her passion, which was styling, and she began working with Astrid S, which is a super famous Norwegian singer. If you guys don't know her, please check her out. She's amazing. Um, and after a few years there, she ended up moving with her husband, who at the time, uh, worked for Music Norway to Los Angeles. And she said that that time was confusing for her. She kind of lost herself to find herself again, which is very normal, guys. It happens to all of us in multiple times in our lives, right? And when she started styling again in LA, she briefly worked with Noah Cyrus before uh, she was found and discovered by Nas, right? And one of her uh, first opportunities with him was actually styling him in 2019 for a performance of Old Town Road. And she has mentioned in a few of her interviews as well that when she met Nas, he already had that kind of cowboy aesthetic, guys. I think it's no secret that Nas is very, very creative and very stylish himself. But when Hodo came in, I think she really wanted to bring more fashion and couture moments to him as well, right? Yeah, and if you follow little Nas's career, you can see how he has the same essence but it's far more elevated with this couture shift that she brought. We noticed the change, and she supported his light to shine brighter. I definitely think she did, guys. Like I mentioned, I think her relationship with, Na with Naz is truly a beautiful partnership. They definitely both have amazing inputs to it, but she was definitely in charge of helping him create the highly praised uh, looks by fans and the media throughout the last few years, right? 
Yeah, and they have an amazing relationship, right? Beautiful, beautiful. She says she feels so special that he always wants to credit her for everything she does with him. And I think it's one of the reasons why we, we're bringing the show as well, right, creatives? Uh, today, I think more than ever, uh, the industry is really recognizing and putting the behind-the-scenes artists in the limelight, but still not at the level and at the rate we believe they should be. Agree, and especially as a woman, that one feels that they have to work twice as hard just to get the same amount of recognition. I couldn't agree more, and I'm so glad that you actually brought this point up because uh, when I was in my Hodo rabbit hole, right, um, I read in one of her interviews that she says there's no better time, guys, to be a woman or someone who feels like an outsider than right now. If you have passion, hard work, and talent, this is your time to shine. And I'm right there with her on the same page. I think historically it's been harder for women in, in any capacity, right, to kind of like have their, their light shine and be out there. But I think today, uh, you know, women have more opportunities than ever. And this is truly our time to make our mark in any field that we're acting on, right? I couldn't agree more. And my favorite part about her, I must say, is that she has mentioned she believes in the death of the ego. And I couldn't be more on the same page as her, guys. I think it's so important to value your work, you know, really position yourself the way you want to. But it's so important to be open to other people's opinions, to collaborate, to be humble in, in every situation as well. And it's refreshing to read a creative like her saying that because it is... Like I mentioned, a different mentality than a lot of the creatives have in this field. So it's truly special that she comes from this humble place of we're all collaborating here. You know, it's not about the ego. It's about putting out the best work that we can. And this is why, guys, she is for us an agent of change today. She definitely walks her talk, and she's proof that talent and passion gets to you through that door. And that door, guys, is truly available for everybody willing to push it or open it today. Uh, I think this is her time, and it truly has been for a while to push boundaries, create new movements and no new normals, right, in our industry today. I expect a lot more unconventional moments from her and Nas. And I would like to make a side note that for fellow industry players looking for a boundary baker today for any project, any artist, she is your girl. Hmm. I'm feeling this king energy. Has the time come? I think it has, guys. This episode has reached the peak of its excitement, at least for us here, as we're getting ready to introduce today's soul king of styling. Truthfully, the main man we all stylists look up to. The guy who lays down the law in fashion. Known for being Zendaya's stylist slash fairy godmother and revamping Celine Dion's fashion image. Please share his headlines with us. I think I'm going to start with um, probably a very important moment in Law's career, which was last year's collaboration between Law and Hervé The collection was amazing, guys. And I think it's so beautiful to see a stylist really coming to the limelight, putting his name on his own collection with such a staple brand, right? Um, I loved as well uh, his Vogue Italy cover with Zendaya, which I thought was magical because he chose, he released the researches his projects before he takes them on, right? And I think here he did that so well because he decided to solely use Italian designers for the cover, which I thought was genius of him. He was also responsible for Cardi B's hot shit video and her last year's cover with Vogue Hong Kong. 
I also admire his work a lot, guys, because, for example, with Cardi in that cover, he makes couture amazing brands with her street style. I love that he always brings it back to his clients and respects their trajectory and really their look, feels, and background, right? And he was also truly the magician of Mag Thee Stallion's hit, Her. He also made a whole takeover of Cannes last year with Bella Hadid. They outsourced the craziest vintage pieces like her dress, her Tom Ford dress, which was beautiful. He was also the main creator, guys, behind Saucy Santana's Material Girl and had all of you dancing last year probably on TikTok, I'm sure. Amanda was all day. I was for sure. (laughs) And finally, I want to mention his uh, two changes at Diani's last year with Zendaya. She wore two incredible couture dresses by Valentino made just for her. One was red and one was black. And the reason why I'm mentioning this last headline, guys, is just to show you the real range that Law brings to the table. He goes from streetwear couture, like really, you know, crazy looks to very, very iconic um, kind of timeless looks like he did with Zendaya here at the Annie's. So how did this fashion stable become the king of styling anyway? What's his story? His story is a very, very intriguing one, I must say. Uh, He's the oldest of five siblings, uh, and he has mentioned in the past that his dad was truly not present uh, during his life. He had a tough upbringing, and he has spoken about having basically no rules at his house, and his growing up was pretty tough. It was a a, a tough neighborhood, he has also mentioned, and he thanks a lot of friends for letting him live with him when he was 14, And thankfully to his family and and him allowing him to be there, he says he was able to graduate from high school. And his journey with fashion, guys, really started with him selling secondhand pieces from his car to his friends, believe it or not. And just a few decades ago, this was shocking to me considering, you know, the impact he has in the industry today. He was sneaking into fashion shows at Bryant Park as well. And as an adult, It's truly when his career started to flourish within fashion. He started his extinct today, deliciously vintage boutique in his hometown of Chicago, guys. I think his career really started to flourish and take light when Kanye West walked into his store back in 2009, really bringing in the media attention to him because obviously he was followed everywhere by the paparazzi and that really kind of boosted, you know, his boutique's image throughout fashion. Uh, He had... After that, TMZ on his door trying to see which celebrities were going to walk into his door. And he had stylists from all over the world calling him to source looks from his boutique. I think truly, guys, that's when he understood styling as a profession itself. Definitely he got his Yeezus blessings. Indeed, Amanda. But let's leave that comment at that because we're not trying to get canceled. We're bringing the positive vibes back to the studio. So please keep blessing us with the fashion godmother and his rise to shine. Yes, let's bring it back to Law's shine, guys. So he decided to move to LA after that initial store boom that he had back when Kanye walked in. And initially, his first big client he got introduced to was Indaya. That became his first major A-list celebrity client. And fun fact, she actually never had a full-time stylist before until him. And he has mentioned that truly with her was when he learned the ins and outs of the industry, kind of like, you know, did his initial mistakes and then learned from them, which I thought was so great. And he, you know, throughout his years with her, he really was the co-creator of all her fashion endeavors, both alone and with other major fashion houses and brands, guys. They're truly, I think, like the poster kids 
for the talent stylist relationship. They're so loyal to each other and they truly credit each other constantly throughout their careers and journey together. And he has also mentioned because he didn't come from a full couture fashion background, right? It was in his mind a little bit, it was gonna be more difficult for him to kind of immerse himself into this world. And now he has worked with major elite celebrities such as Tiffany Haddish, Ariana Grande, and Chance the Rapper, among so many others, guys. And he has also talked about in the past, that's why we have him here today, that he never truly had a mentor, we couldn't relate to this more, or someone to look up to that looked like him at the time. And especially since he hadn't come from like a specific major magazine or fashion house, it was wild back then and the industry was far more or less inclusive. Exactamente, Amanda. You really hit the nail on the head now. Um, artists like Roach, guys, are paving truly the way today for us uh, to create a more inclusive industry uh, than we have today, right? And it's truly an example to follow for all of us. I mean, I love that he followed Rachel Zoe's footsteps in becoming his own celebrity. Few become that. It's so, so true, guys. I think Rachel, I think famously, right, was the biggest stylist at the yeah. time, the one that really came to the limelight, right? And she was like the biggest example that we had to follow to be able to pave that way for other artists like her. And he's one of the few by far that have reached this level of notoriety, such as Rachel. And he also, it's important to say, has been a guest judge in America's Next Top Model back in the day. And most recently, a judge on HBO Max show Legendary. Also, um, when he initially started attending the Margalas, uh, there was one of his attendances was truly iconic to me, which is when he went as Zendaya's fairy godmother. So they partner up. I'm sure you remember that. They partner up. It's just for us. It was like, wow, it was a shocking Literally. moment. He, they partner up with Tommy Hilfiger at the time, which created a Cinderella dress for her. And Law accompanied her to the carpet to literally be her fairy godmother and light up her dress. This video, guys, and this, this situation went viral. You guys have to check it out. Please do if you have not. And I believe, creatives, that this moment truly paved the way for other moments Law started to have in front of the camera. So much so, last year, Law was the actual talent starring in the campaign alongside his clients and Daya, which we thought was fabulous. And I believe that this truly proves our theory that now the industry is trying to bring behind the scenes creatives to the front and center, right? We really want to help this become a current thing today for all the other artists as well, living behind the scenes. And it's important to say, guys, that Law was actually um, the cover star of Numero Magazine at the end of last year. And to top it all off, last year he was also in Time 100 next list of emerging leaders shaping the industry today, as well as received a CFDA award First ever one for Stylist of the Year. And MBS, what are some unexpected moments for him? Because he seems to have a lot. Too many. Too many, guys. It's even impossible to mention them all here right now for you guys to have an idea of how relevant he is today in our industry. But I would like to mention a specific one that I think was very different, you know, for all of us to see and watch and witness happening. Uh, was the fact that he has been credited to have the most well-dressed athlete out there, obviously Lewis Hamilton. I think he was the first driver ever to really invest in his fashion image. I truly have never noticed much of that before until him. And Roach really helped him here to reach a broader public, right? Of course, um, Lewis already had guys. He's worldly famous. He's so big. He's probably the 
the most famous race car driver today, if I may say so, right? But this is where you see really the art and the magic of the stylist. This is like a clear example for you guys to understand. He truly took Lewis, right? Already being a very famous, world famous race car driver with a very firm public. And he stretched his public even farther, right? By building a whole additional fan base for him, which is the people that now go to see Lewis or really enter his Instagram or are really taking an interest in him because of his new discovered kind of fashion facade that he has today, right? And so guys, from creating unforgettable moments in the Met Gala to transforming Celine Dion and Lewis Hamilton into two unlikely fashion icons and building Zendaya's whole fashion image today, by far, guys, Law is the stylist with the most power to influence our generation and generations to come. From Chicago to stardom, he showed us that everything is possible, even when you come from a different background and have a very different vision. Creative beings, I think something has become really clear here, right? I think it definitely, definitely, definitely has. Uh, starting with Storm, helping push a Latino and his culture into fashion limelight, Ellie transforming a Hollywood icon into a fashion star, Hodo changing what a rap artist looks like today to Roach launching to unlikely fashion stars. These artists are here to show the next generation is all about change, guys, making a difference and truly not conforming to the rules. They're implementing their own mark for all of us to see and follow today. And the time has come to place these creatives front and center of our industry stage and create the next generation of artistic icons. Without many of these artists, guys, it's important to note iconic fashion and celebrity moments might not have reached certain levels of hype and notoriety within our culture today. And we're just scratching the surface with these artists. That's right. Our goal is to bring artists jaw-dropping moments and revelations weekly. This is a space for you to find future inspiration, ideas, motivations, new possible collaborators, and future endeavors. As a community, we will help bring light to these artists and movements that have been behind for far too long. And before I stop managing the vibes, I would like to remind you that we are on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. As well, follow us on all our social media like Instagram and TikTok, all under the MV series. Thank you guys once again for giving us your time and joining us today. And please, please, please keep showing us the love so we can show ours right back to you. And creators, for next week, we have something so, 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 so special cooking at the MV series kitchen for you guys. Please stay tuned. You cannot miss it. And see you guys next week once again right here at the MV series.